You're listening to the premier podcast for men who want to not only be better with women, but want to be better men in general. This is the Come On Man podcast. And here's your host, Paul Bauer. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another awesome week of Come On Man. If you haven't done so already, please like, fave, subscribe. You like my new animation? (laughs) Hit those notifications. If you are on an audio platform, please give us a five-star review. All that stuff helps more than you know. Also, leave comments. Leave comments and like. Make sure you like. Good Lord. Okay. Anyways, I think you guys get the point. This week, I have a really fantastic guest. He is... In an award-winning porn star, Eric Everhard. Uh, that's not his real name. In fact, he gives us his real name in his new book, Unleash Your Sexual Superpowers. And I just finished it last night, right before this interview. And man, what a great book. Uh, he, he goes into all the different ways that you could satisfy your woman, different techniques. And then on top of that, he goes through all these side stories and tells about, you know, personal experiences he's personal experiences that he's had, as well as, you know, behind the scenes stuff that goes on on porn sets. And some of this stuff was like mind blowing. And some of it was fucking disgusting. (laughs) He's ruined porn for me forever, but, uh, great advice. In fact, I took some of his advice and did some science experiments with it uh, over the weekend with Nurse Chick, and um, she approves. She approves 100%. All right, guys, I will bring you that conversation right after this. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode is brought to you by Ghostbed. You want to get laid, right? Well, she wants to be comfortable while you do it. She doesn't want the spring from your old busted mattress jabbing her in the ass. So up your bedroom game and do her on a ghost bed. The link is in the description. Your purchase helps support the show and she's going to come back for Mo. Win-win. See what I did there? Remember, use the link in the description. Oh, you'll sleep better too, but we all know what you hornballs really care about. Do her on a ghost bed. All right, joining me this week is award-winning adult film star, men's coach, and the author of a fantastic book, Unleash Your Sexual Superpowers, Eric Everhard. How are you, sir? How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. <laughs> so, so obviously, your name is a professional name, and in the book, you give your real name, and if people want to know it, they can read the book, but tell me how you got the name Eric Everhard. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So uh, the name was actually given to me by a buddy of mine that I was friends with, who was the local drug dealer at the gym where I worked out. Oh, uh, Jeff in the book. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Jeff Jeff named me. Jeff named me. (laughs) And, you know, little backstory. I used to sell uh, gym memberships and work the counter of a uh, famous a big gym in Port Moody, BC called Gators Gym. And, uh, you know, it, and it was one of those gyms that like chicks just wouldn't hang out with unless they were serious because it was every avatar of meathead you could imagine. So it was bodybuilders, uh, bouncers, cops, bikers, drug dealers, you know, strongmen, you name it. We had one of the world's strongest men uh, come there to train. So, yeah, it was this group of guys and, you know, once that, uh, you know, they knew that I was doing porno and it was like, okay, well, you got to come up with a name. And I hadn't really given it much thought at that point. And so we're all sitting around the juice bar and within 15 seconds, Jeff just looks at me. He's like, 
Eric Everhard. And we're, we all just look at him and he's like, he's like, because you need alliteration like Vince Boyer, Jenna Jameson. He goes, Eric Everhart, and I watched your movies and, and, and man, your dick never went down. That thing was pointed at the sky. And then he goes, <laughs> and, and you got to spell it with a K because you're blonde and you look Nordic. Swear to God, all this comes out of his mouth within like 15 seconds. And, you know, me and, and every other, you know, juice monkey is looking at him like just jaw dropped open saying, that's genius, Jeff. And that was it. <laughs> That is genius, actually. Yeah. Well, he, you know, he was a businessman, obviously, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was, uh, I, I would say, and I would argue, he was he was the first true businessman I had ever met and, and had a friendship with. You know, before that, it was you know, the typical Canadian thing, you know, go get your university degree, white picket fence, go work for somebody ad nauseum. And, uh, and he was the first person that was like, no, there's there's other ways that you can go about life and enjoy it. And, uh, you know, take, take control of your own life. So that was the, he was very, uh, influential on me, especially at that time. Cause I was, when I met him, I was God, 19 years old, probably. Okay. Um, in the book, let's see, you talk about working as a, a part-time security guard while going to massage therapy school. What originally made you want to learn massage therapy? Oh, that was that was just lost soul. So, I was uh, I was attending Simon Fraser University. That's where I was going to school, and I couldn't find anything I liked. So I I took criminology, I took psychology, I took kinesiology because it was into you know I was into weightlifting heavy. Um, except with kinesiology, you need to be able to pass calculus, and my math skills were not that sharp. So, after running around in university and finding nothing that attracted me, I dropped out of university. And then um, there was this uh, fellow guy who worked at the gym, massive dude. I mean, he was like 230, lean, big guy. And he was going to go to massage therapy school. He was like, yeah, I think there might be some money in it. I've heard it's kind of cool. And he just kind of talked me into it. He goes, you want to go with me? I said, sure. I go, I'm not doing anything else right now. I'm you know, trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. So, okay. Yeah. Why not? So that, that was how that, um, that came about to be. Did you ever now, I mean, in the book, you, uh, when you're in the midst of that, you, you tell the story about how you first got into the adult film industry, but did you ever finish that degree or did you just say, no, screw it. No, no, I I made the decision and that was, um, I think, I think I talk about it in the book. Maybe I don't, but, um, you know, at some point, the the guy who edited the footage for the Canadian company I was working for, he was the editor, and he pulled me aside one day and he said, look, you're really good at this. The owner will never tell you that, but you're really good. You should think about going down to LA. You can make some serious money. Yeah, and you I do was, talk about that in the book. Yeah. Yeah. I and I was, I was 21 at the time, right? So, um, so you know, I talked, I talked to Jeff and, and we went to uh, the local video store because there was this famous uh, vivid girl, Diana Lauren. She was mm-hmm. coming through on a bookstore signing and we were going to go get the information from her. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we went in there armed with some box covers I was on, put them down. I said, hey, not here to blow smoke up your ass. That's my face. That's my dick. You can see it. It's hard. <laughs> Tell me what I got to know. And she was, she was a total sweetheart. She spent like 20, 30 minutes breaking it down for us. And literally, as we left uh, the video store, you know, Jeff turned to me. He goes, hey, man, he goes, I got a gut feeling. He goes, I think you're going to be big at this. So if you want to do it, I'll back you financially to get down to L.A. And I thought about it for about a week and I dropped out of school. And then it was like, "Okay, we are full on. We're going to try and make it happen. Got it. Okay. did you ever uh, did you ever get to work with her? Yes, I did, actually. And that was that was a fun experience later because. Um, so I had met her up there. She gave me like two, three phone numbers of people to contact. Mm -hmm. Um, then I didn't see her for a long time. Then later she was, uh, producing movies for Vivid. So this was a, oh, probably two, three years later. And 
And so, of course, you know, she doesn't remember who I am, but, but the, you know, there's this new star, blah, 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 like we're going to book him. I get yeah. there. And then, and then we had the talk and she's like, oh my God, that was you from the video store. I said, yeah. She's like, wow. And then what made it even cooler was I think probably maybe six, eight years after that, we actually, we actually worked together on screen. So it was, it was like a f- sort of the culminating of the full circle, so to speak. But uh, she was, she was absolutely wonderful. I mean, she's a total sweetheart. Interesting. Okay. And she was, um, she was very helpful because, you know, I understand it's, it's not the business itself, especially back then was not easy. It's not easy. Um, it's really difficult for guys to wrap their head around what it requires. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you so talk about for, that a lot in the book too, yeah. about how guys get into it and they just they don't have the the mentality for it. They they get uh, freaked out because there's like ten dudes on set staring at them, oh, and yeah. they just are like they just can't perform. And I can imagine. I, I'm just like I wouldn't. I I couldn't do that. <laughs> well, well it's it's funny. I remember uh, I got uh, I was sitting down having lunch in Los Angeles once, and this kid comes strolling by and he does the double take. He's like. Oh my God, Eric Everhart, uh, I want the photo, the this, the that. Like, I'm like, okay, cool, man. Like, no problem. And uh, and then he's he's asking me about like, you know, what it takes, right? And I said, Well, here's the five things it takes to be, you know, if you want to be top level porn guy, it takes five things, right? And I start listing them off and I get to the second one, which is like, you know, you should be able to produce a cum shot within a minute and a half of being asked to, and not before. Right. And he just looks at me, he's like, You mean you don't just come whenever you want to. I'm like, on what planet do you think that's how it works? No, I'm owned. I am yeah. owned. So if, if if 30 seconds in, I'm ready to pop, I got to check myself and say, well, you know what? I got another 59 minutes and 30 seconds to figure this out. Yeah. Yeah. As, as someone that has dabbled in just regular filmmaking, I can, I can only imagine you know, the, the, okay, cut. All right. We need to get in this position now. And it's just like, it's not like, you're just banging, right? I mean, it's it 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 depends how so, good you are. Certain yeah. certain productions, you will be. Yeah. Oh. But okay. even there, well, right. Like I said, at thirty seconds, if you're feeling the urge, now you're banging straight for another fifty nine minutes and fifty seconds. Yeah. You know, or fifty nine thirty. I mean, you're 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 at it a long time. Yeah. That's why they're going to shoot. Yeah. You know, you're was, probably looking. They're they're going to shoot at least somewhere between an hour hour and a half footage to edit it down to 45 minutes mm. minimum that's that's why that's why in the book you say like the magic number is, is five minutes right yeah as long as you can last five minutes you can last as long as you need to well and that was something that i just saw time and time again right like the you know everything that i talk about in the book you know it's i'll, I'll tell anybody i don't have no phd right mm-hmm. everything that i learned is boots on the ground five thousand women day after day figuring this out because if I didn't figure it out, my livelihood was at stake. Mm-hmm. So it's a whole different perspective that you look at sexuality and you look at everything. And so I would really just notice things. I would notice things with myself. I would notice things with others. And, you know, when you're, when you're vying for that top echelon spot in the world, um, you know, it's, it's that it's the 1%, it's the 2% that starts to separate those guys. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, that five minute marker was just something I would see over and over again, because, you know, no matter how infallible you are, we're all capable, even at the top of having a bad day. Hey, Tom <laughs> Brady, he throws interceptions, too. So right. it's just, well, how do you collect yourself after you've done that? And how do you get back in the game as fast as possible, especially mentally, because that's what's going to kill you with sexuality. And that, that's where most men, I think, are, are getting killed out there. It's really, it's not the physicality aspect, but it's the mentality aspect of it. Yeah, you, you get into that quite a bit in the book as well. Um, your first chapter, it, it's, it's all about oral sex on women. Now, I, I did some uh, scientific experiments over the weekend. I have to say that paying attention to how erect the clitoris is, as well as the cross T technique and making my tongue more pointy was definitely well received by my girlfriend, nurse chick. There you go. <laughs> uh, so she said to tell, tell you thank you, by the way. No um, can you Once give... Once you see it, you can't unsee it. 
Right. Can you give people the Cliff's notes on those techniques and why they're so effective? Well, first of all, right, like the the big thing that people need to understand is they have to be really, really focused, right? And you have to be focused on, you know, what the clit is telling you because I've gone into so many situations and it's it's laughable, you know, and, and some people may not want to hear this, but it's it's laughable how easy it is to get women off when you can read what their body's telling you. They, they'll give you all the information. It's just that most people aren't paying attention to it to be able to, you know, take it down the, the path of continuation, right? So it's like when you, when you, when you fundamentally, you know, come across whoever it is, right? It can be a first date, could be whatever. First of all, you're going to be engaging the cross T technique at a low to low medium speed and you are simply feeling for feedback. So everything that you're doing, you're, you're using your tongue, tongue compass, as I call it, in real time to see, okay, what, what is creating that, um, that erection of the clit, right? Yeah. And once I'm starting to find, okay, now I'm doing something, this is now a rabbit hole to follow, right? And you're going to mm-hmm. follow because it's the same thing like a guy's dick, right? I mean, that, that's why the, the, the two organs are so analogous to each other. It's like, you know, every guy's got a dick and they'll know, right? You're, when you're right close to coming, you get five, 10% harder than you would be without, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you can feel the same thing with, with the clit if you have the sensitivity in your tongue to feel it. You're going to feel how it gets harder, harder, harder. And then right beforehand, man, that thing is just screaming at you. And at that point, you know, that's where maybe you have to add 5% more speed or 5% more pressure. You know, I always talk about vibrators will give you some of the greatest lessons about women. And if you step back and you look at how women use vibrators, right? You know, because I've known ad nauseum number of porno girls that, you know, they love their Hitachi magic wand, right? Mm -hmm. And they'll take that thing and you just pay attention to what they do. They grab it and they staple it to the clit doesn't move right right. and when you think about okay so first of all it's staying on the clit it's not wandering around it's not like a lost puppy somewhere it's focused right you're focused and you're working that's number one then it's it's consistent and it's rhythmic in its use of power Mm -hmm. so we're not going a thousand miles one second and two miles the next Right. So mm-hmm. I think with a lot of guys, they don't understand that, you know, the, the woman's orgasm is going to come like a wave and just like surfing, you got to get on the wave, which means you got to create the wave. You got to jump on it and then you got to ride it at the exact right speed. And you got to be feeling in real time, you know, how hard is it getting? Is it getting less hard? Do I need more pressure? Do I need to be lighter? Do I need to be a little faster? Like what is going to keep that thing moving? at the mm-hmm. trajectory and you can feel it with your tongue. It's very easy. Like once you have that sensitivity, then it becomes almost child's play from that perspective because they all work the same. You know, I always say principles, you know, the, the principles never change. It's application of those principles that do. Those are flexible and that'll be down to technique, speed and power. So Got it. Yeah. You know, some some girls it, they they might you might need to be really light because their clit's super sensitive. And so it might be light and it might be a little bit slower and that's what's going to engage the clit and that's what is going to, you know, keep building up their wave. For another girl, you know, she might need a lot of pressure. You know, it could be that that's just how she is. She could masturbate a ton because I know a lot of girls when they're masturbating a lot, those ones can be harder to get off and you have to understand that, right? You're like, okay, because they're just desensitized from Mm -hmm. that, from, you know, they're using it all the time. So it's like, just like the guy, if he gets himself super desensitized because he jerks off 10 times a day in his mom's basement, well, <laughs> I mean, he's he's like kung fu grip trying to get some sort of sensation out of it. So, right. the, the, like I said, the, the two things are very analogous to each other. And when you step back and you see how similar both the sexes are rather than how different we are, then you really start to see, okay, well, a lot of the same things that would work for me work for her in in the same fashion. Yeah, that was that was one of the big takeaways I got from that chapter was uh 
I mean, it's it's, it's so funny too because you're 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 reading this and you're like, this this seems like it's common sense, right? You you talk about the physiology of the clitoris and how mm-hmm. it's essentially the same as you know, like a little a little dick, and you're totally. like, well, you're like it it gets erect, and that's the one thing that she cannot fake, and. And you're also talking about how uh, when she's orgasming, there, there's a it's almost like a grip, right? And you're like, if she's if it, if you don't feel that grip, she's not faking it. She's not trying that hard to fake it or something, right? Yeah, yeah. I, and 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 I've I've always said this, like, you know, because I know some guys, you know, they you 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 get the guys that they get bitter and they get angry and there's all this different stuff, right? But it's like, you know, I mean, fundamentally, the girls are on your team, like they want you to win. Trust me, if if she's in bed with you, she fucking wants you to win, man. Like she doesn't not want to have to fake it. Like there's right. no part of her saying, you know, God, I hope I get to put on my thespian best today. You know, I hope I'm yeah. a, an award winner today. You know, they <laughs> they really want you to do well. Um, so, and and when you when you notice that that the the clit really is the you know metaphorical yellow brick road to the wizard of oz right when you see that and then you stay on it and you can read it now you can use the other characteristics that are you know what i call secondary cues you know which is you know obviously the audible moans tension in the legs wetness gripping all those things right because yes the the audible part she can be faked right if she really wants to put on a show she could try to you know flex her muscles and all this I'm highly doubting she's going through all that, though. At best, she's probably going to put on an audible performance just to get you to stop. Mm-hmm. And the only reason she wants you to stop is because what you're doing sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. I, yeah. I've done the same thing. I mean, you know, the, this is the, a, a problem that I see with a lot of men is that, you know, some guys are so... I'm not going to say desperate is the right word, but it's like... You know, they, they, they want the sex so bad and they're, and they're afraid it's going to stop at some point. They, they will never coach up their women. I coach as soon as you get in my, the bed with me, I'm coaching you. I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, grab it like this, do this, suck it like this, go. Yeah. That. Yeah, I, I think that that's a big problem for both men and women is uh, the, the lack of communication. Telling, but I think it's worse for men and here's why. Okay. Because I've noticed like some women will complain you know, hey, this isn't good, blah, blah, blah. But most guys will, you know, even if a blowjob sucks, because trust me, there's a lot of them that do. Like mm-hmm. women, and it, the problem with it is because I was actually on a, um, on a men's group call where they talked about this, where it was like, you know, you'll have all these women that'll say, oh, you know, the guys need to improve in the bedroom, but the women are never expecting that they need to improve at all. And it's kind yeah. of an interesting perspective on it, right? And because they think, you know, if they just grab it as hard as possible and try and yank it off your body, that that actually feels good. And it doesn't mm-hmm. at all. I mean, I've stopped blowjobs because I'm like, you're, you're scraping your dick all over my, like, like, I'd rather just fuck you because at least that could be fun. But what you're doing now, this isn't fun. So you, yeah. you look at it from both perspectives where, you know, if you're not, if you're not doing oral sex well, the other party doesn't really want it to happen like we'd rather just end it it's just fewer guys will say hey you know what this sucks because they're afraid that if they say that then she might never do it again so it's this it's this sort of sexual feeling of loss that that some guys have where they're you know needy but it's more about the, the the loss of it like they just don't think that she would be amenable to being told hey what you're doing isn't that good and I mean, everybody needs feedback. You don't get better if you don't get feedback. Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, very well said. I've had I had uh, I dated a gal once, and uh, she was one of those people. And I don't know, you've probably, I mean, after thousands of of women. By the way, is that like? Did you actually tally that up, or is that just a? a oh, I I used to I used to tally. Yeah, this is a funny story. I used to tally until I did, uh, until I did the world's luckiest jock. And then I lost count. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, because that was a, that. that was a famous movie. They they did it in two thousand, mm-hmm. um, and it was me and one hundred and one girls. Oh wow! And I, and after that, it totally fucked up my count. So, um, so it's it's a it's a ballpark figure, but it's it's realistic. 
Got it. Yeah, no, I, I, I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, so, my, first, my first year I did 200 scenes. Yeah. And that was that was before I started to get famous. So, so got it. A lot. Yeah, that is a lot. Um, so I mean, I so I did a I did a, an episode last year sometime on uh, women's orgasms and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. uh, and I, I dated this gal, and she was like in that five percent that that said that she's never had an orgasm her entire life, right? And uh, and I was like, when I was dating her. And I was, I was like, I'm, I'm going to make it my mission to make this happen for you. So, uh, so I asked her though, I was like, well, how do you, how do you do it? You know, how do you bring yourself to orgasm? She's like, I just don't because it just doesn't work. So I ended up like experimenting with a bunch of different toys and stuff. And we finally got it. We finally got the hang of it, you know? And, uh, she was like, holy shit, you know, another, a guy's never tried doing that for me before. Um, but have I mean have you have you ran into that where women are like I've I've never orgasmed and they just like they they won't they don't know even know how their own body works. Well, yeah. So I've I've ran into the ones where they've never orgasmed from sex. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they've been able to get themselves off. Uh, obviously, With the their own stimulation. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I've never I've never personally personally dated anybody that ever struggled with like, hey, I can't do it at all. Um, you know, and there, I may have, I may have worked with someone that had that, uh, affliction, but I've never, it was never something that was brought up. Mm. Um, you know, because sometimes, sometimes when you work with people, you really get to know them. And then other times it's, it's, you know, it's just like, okay, we're here to work. Let's do this. And then after it's like, okay, have a nice day. Yeah. Yeah. So, Got um, it. I, I was, yeah. I was curious about that. Cause I, I mean, it's a very small percentage if you uh if you do any research on it it's like it's yeah. like only like five percent of the female population that say they absolutely have never or can't do it um yeah. there's a huge amount of women that say they can't have it with normal intercourse um which is why i think like your chapter on oral sex is so important because a lot of women respond very well to that as opposed to standard intercourse um Let's see, I have a question about vibrators, but you already talked about that. Uh, a lot of my listeners know the concept that women are the gatekeepers of sex, but men are the gatekeepers to relationship. You added a different concept in your book, though, about how while women control the decision to have sex, men control the act. What does that mean? Yeah, because it's it's fundamentally true. I mean, you know, if if the woman, you know, because, I mean, obviously... Uh, you know, you go to a bar, you go anywhere, right? Like us as men, you know, having 15 to 17 times more testosterone than a woman, right? Like if a girl says, hey, you know, I want to fuck, we're all just like, all right. Like, you know, as as long as you don't have a glass eye and a wooden leg, you know, we're like, yeah, this could work. This could mm-hmm. work, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's true. I mean, we're guys. That's how we think, right? Um, so, you know, the the decision... Like I said, if, if, if the girl's attractive at all, we're all in as guys. Like literally every one of us is like, yep, I'll do it. So from that perspective, you know, the decision is coming down to her. But as soon as we take the clothes off, it's, it's all about us. Because, you know, look, she could be the ultimate tigress in heat. She could be the most insatiable woman ever. And if you can't get it up, sex ain't happening. Mm-hmm. And if you last 30 seconds, it's over. So as soon as we move into the world of, of functionally doing the act, it's all you and it's none her. Like it's all out of her hands, mm-hmm. you know? So I think, you know, for some women, that's why they feel, I, I would sort of use the term in a way, powerless, you know, once it comes in the bedroom, because they realize they, they will have no control over your ability to get it together. Like they are at that point, they're at the mercy of how good your skills are, how good your mental state is, how good are your abilities. And so, you know, how I look at it, this is why I say, you know, with men that I coach, right? I say, look, you know, I mean, the, the, the competition is soft. Like to me, it's really soft. Like, look how, look how prevalent, um, Viagra has become with these 20 year olds 
I mean, Jesus Christ, I'm, I'm 45. I wake up with a heart on every day. I, I, I've never taken Viagra. I don't even know, like, I couldn't even conceive of that. And when I was in my 20s, a, a gust of wind passed by, by my penis with a hot girl within vision, and it's on, right? Mm-hmm. So these aren't physical problems. They're mental problems. And I don't, well, I can ascertain as to why they're getting bigger and bigger for men right? They're feeling the pressure. You've got social media, you have heightened women's expectations, you have hypergamy, you have all these different things that are, you know, guys are feeling the the burden too much and they are not feeling that they can necessarily rise to that, you know, to, to, to what the burden is. But man, in, in the bedroom, it is going to be all up to you. Like, like if the girl wants to have penetrative sex and it's not just, hey, eating some pussy, it is going to be all up to you to get it together and she will have no part in it whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Very well said. You also, uh, you also talk a lot about uh, it's important for a man to properly lead in the bedroom, which is, I mean, just being a, a, a good leader in a relationship is something that I talk about a lot on the podcast, but uh, leading in the bedroom is super important as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. In, in, you know, in the leadership comes through different ways, right? Like one of the things that I always say is, you know, you, you always need to be bold and you need to be decisive about whatever you're going to do. Because, you know, if you, if you look at, you know, sort of pick up seduction, right? That's only ever one half of the equation. Mm-hmm. And, and I've seen these guys before where they're supremely confident getting a girl from a bar and getting her home and then it falls apart because they are not supremely confident as soon as it involves now I got to have sex with you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there, it, it really is, you have these two, two sides of what makes up the whole, you know, dating relationship. You've got the, you know, my ability to, to seduce them, to, you know, make them interested. And then it's, well, here's the ability to functionally fuck you to the point that, you are not really looking for anybody else. And, you know, it, it comes back to that sort of, you know, one of the things um, I remember Rolo talked a lot about, you know, alpha fucks, beta bucks. And, and I've yeah. seen that play out many, many times. Like I really have. So, you know, there's you, I mean, man, you can get away with a lot, a lot. If your sexual skills are on point, not that I'm saying you shouldn't be working on all aspects of yourself as a man. But I will tell you, I've seen from my personal experience, girls will overlook some horrendous qualities if your sexual game is really on point, simply because, you know, I think for a lot of women, because the competition is so bad out there, you know, you've got, I, I've done some polls and, and, and you know, the, 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 the anonymous feedback I get back says, you know, 65, 70% of guys are suffering from performance anxiety and can't last longer than two minutes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you if that's the backdrop that we're looking at here, you know, a girl comes across a guy that can, you know, blow her mind in the bedroom, and she's like, hmm, I don't think I'm going to let this go too quick, you know, mm-hmm. unless something really goes wrong. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I, when, you, when you're talking in the book about, uh, like, the, the, the near the end of the book, you're talking about performance anxiety, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's all mental. There was a guy uh, that reached out to me on TikTok saying that he's like, yeah, I have, I have really bad ED. And he was a young guy. And I was like, well, you know, have you tried Viagra or whatever? He's like, yeah, it's just, just doesn't work. I was like, have you tried talking to a therapist? He's like, what? And I go, dude, yeah, like it's gotta, it's gotta be in your head, man. You know, I was like, as long as you have blood flow, like it, it should work. It, it should work in theory, you know, and a lot of that is just you can't get out of your own head about it. Well, what, what I what I will tell a lot of clients is first thing I want to know is I say, OK, well, I need to know what your default state is, mm-hmm. you know, and I'll send them a form. But when I look at the default state of you, OK, what how how hard does your dick, dick get? How fast does it get hard? How long does it stay hard? How long does the blood stay in there? You know, all of these different um, factors and, and how does it occur when you are alone? Like if you just were to either, you know, get some, you know, fantasy in your head or you just pulled up some porn or whatever, and you're like, okay, I'm going to jerk off. What happens? 
you're in a room by yourself. There's no stress. Phone is off. What's the situation? Mm-hmm. And most of them are like, oh, yeah, yeah, I get hard just fine. Yeah, then it works. That's your true state. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how your dick works. And they, they, they want to often, you know, collapse the meanings that they're making of when it doesn't work with the woman as to that's how it is. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, that's not how it is because we've got undeniable proof right here that it works. So that is actually the true state. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're by yourself, that thing works like a charm. So now we know it's a mental issue. It's not some, you know, you don't have diabetes. There's no, you know, problems with the arterial structure. Like it works. So now we got to break down, okay, where in that chain is it going wrong? Because I've I've met guys where it breaks down, you know, early, right? It, it could break down as soon as they get naked or, you know, they could get hard with a blowjob, but as soon as they think about penetration, then they lose it, then they go soft, um, you know, all sorts of different factors, you know, or it could be as soon as, you know, they get hard, they almost want to come. And then if they try to stop that, then they just lose it. They don't get it back. You've got all sorts of factors, but, but it is mental. Um, so I, I agree like with, with what you said, you know, like guys have to start thinking of it, not from what is it, what is the pill? What is the quick fix? Mm-hmm. Because I'll tell you this, you know, over all the years that I was in porno, you know, when I started, nothing existed, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the glory old days that I started, right? Like you could do it or you couldn't. And I mean, it was, it was black and white. There was no gray area. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why when you look at, you know, that nineties area, you know, era porn, yeah. it's the same 10 dudes in every movie. Yeah. You know, and, and people are like, oh man, they just don't want to give anybody a chance. No, 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 that's not it at all. It's that nobody could do it. You yeah. had a handful of guys that could do it, and that was it. You know, and then uh I remember Viagra started to come on the scene about two thousand two, probably, was when it started making the rounds, and then and then it became, you know, like now you wouldn't find a guy that would probably be doing it without it. I mean, they're they're just it's become the reverse four minute mile as far as the business is concerned. Um, and that, and that's a shame because it's all mental and those guys, you know, here's the thing, like those drugs don't make up for a bad mental state. I've witnessed guys like they are beat red. Like they look like they're going to explode from a heart attack and they're woodless. And they've, I mean, they've chewed more Viagra. They, should, they need to go to the hospital, mm. but they they've got anxiety. They're nervous and now it just exasperates the problem because i mean yeah. if, if if it's one thing if you're you know you're woodless and that's just your first time or whatever it's a whole nother thing if you've chewed on all this medication and it still doesn't work now you're really you're really messing up your mind because now your mind is going to start thinking well i i must be really broken because it didn't matter how much medication i took it it doesn't work right mhm and then yeah. you'll get those guys that that'll move to the needle and that's gnarly. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's some scary stuff. Really scary. So switching gears here, you talk about proper intercourse techniques quite a bit. And mm-hmm. <laughs> in your section about uh about cowgirl, you talked about controlling the height a woman comes up because you've seen guys get their erections snapped. Yes. And so I'm, I'm listening to that uh, on audiobook, and I'm like, what? Like, they can actually break? Like, it's not a bone, but you've that's happened? Like, you've seen that on set? Oh, I, I, I knew of one guy who it happened to, and well, I've known a couple guys that it's happened to. One guy in particular got rushed to the hospital. I had to have surgery. Uh, his dick does not work the same. Like, he has to now inject it to be able to get it hard and everything. Like, oh no, blood was pouring out of it. Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, it was gnarly um, from all the witness accounts that were on set when it happened. Because, yeah, it's not a bone, but it is um, tissue that tears. Because that, when that, when it's filled up with blood, now all that, all that uh, corpus uh, canosum, I believe it is, like the spongy tissue actually rips. Oh, and wow. And there's no repairing it. Yeah. Right. So you, so it's in a sense, you've broken it because now like you've, you've totally shredded the material in there that normally if there's no blood flow in it, you know, you could tie your dick in a knot and it's fine, 
But as soon as you've thrust it with all that blood, now you've got something you can seriously injure. And yeah, I've witnessed a number of guys that had uh, injuries. Some of them came back from it. Um, and then, like I said, the one guy, the worst one that I knew, uh, yeah, he had to go have surgery and it was just a mess. Wow. And yeah, I had I could... close calls myself. I've had yeah. probably six close calls before where I was like, man, like, yeah, I need to I'm control, I need, I need to control the height of this. And that, so that, yeah, that's one of the things you talk about in the book is like, you know, keep your hands on her shoulders or hips or whatever. Just, she can't come up so high that it might slip out and come down wrong. And yes. you just need to be absolutely in control of that. Yeah. And the, the easiest thing is just, is just, you know, keep your hands on their ass, you know, on yeah. their hips and their ass, uh, control it from that, you know, and, and that serves two functions, right? Like as you're grabbing the ass cheeks and you're pulling across you, you can give her an orgasm much easier. So you're already increasing the ability that she can move on your dick. But not only are you increasing the ability, you're increasing the pressure of her clit against your pubic bone, but you are also therefore controlling the height. Mm-hmm. because, and, and I've seen this before, especially with the girls that want to, well, it's all of them, but you get some girls in bed that want to be more performative, right? Like in their mind, they're going to blow your mind mm-hmm. and they can't feel how high up they've gone. Mm-hmm. And if they start going real, you know, wild and crazy on you, they, because th- it's the furthest thing from their mind. They are not thinking that they could ever snap your dick. They've never even thought about it. Um, and, and they're not cognizant like it's weird that like because you're the, the head of your dick is in there like you got that sensation like you actually know like okay I've, I'm, I'm one inch in I'm two inches in like you can feel that in real time they can't and I don't know why but they they just can't they're when they're moving um they will not realize that they're close to slipping out unless you hold them on and you know just by your hands resting there you can always have it basically as a limiter to how high they will be able to go because your hands are just preventing them from going any higher than, than, you know, within that one inch left, uh, near the top of your dick, because if Mm. it, if it gets wet, all it has to do is slide out and they come right back down. You haven't cleared it. Yeah. And then it's the full weight of their body crushing on you. And, you know, unless you are extremely erect, you might bounce off. Like I've been saved a couple of times because I was so hard that it just like, they, they couldn't break it. And it just, like I said, like bounced, <laughs> bounced off. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but if I, if I was like 80%, oh no, no, it'd be, I'd be done. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what's interesting about that too, is I find that, um, and this sort of goes into the next topic, which is uh, you talk about how in and out, there's a problem with in and out. And I was like, I, and I, and I know where you're, you're, why you, you were talking about that. And I was like, but I see that in porn all the time. What are you talking about? Um, but yeah, when a woman's on top, I've noticed that, uh, women really get off better from that by grinding anyway, as opposed yes. to going up and down the in yeah, and out hundred percent. And, and, you know, this is one of the things that I talk about often because, you know, a lot of guys out there, you know, our first sort of real sex education is porno. Right. Like we watch it. We're like, okay. And what they don't realize is the fact that what we're doing is a visual performative act. So we're, we're forced to do all these positions that, yeah, are all in, out, like widespread open. Cause that's the only way the camera's going to see it. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we end up doing some positions and some positions that we do, I would not wish on anybody because they are not fun. They do not <laughs> feel good but they are visually impactful. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I think guys need to be cognizant of the fact that even though what we do, are doing is real, does not mean that it's always good. And, and just, you know, understand that we are creating a product for people to buy. You know, it's just like, I, you know, I always say I'm a product of the eighties and I loved the Schwarzenegger movies and, you know, he, you know, commando, he mows down like 80 guys with an M60. He can hold it with one hand and shoot everybody. And he's, you know, comes out scotch-free. That's awesome to watch. But I would never actually believe we could do that in real life. Right? Yeah. And with porno, it becomes sort of the same thing in, in, in some ways. You know, guys will see some things and it's like, I know the reality because I do it. And I'm like, well, that 
sucks. Why would you ever want to do that? But they see it and now they want to try it with their girlfriends. And then, of course, the girlfriends get pissed off because, trust me, I mean, you know, me and the girl don't want to do it in, on set either. We'll, we'll, sometimes we'll have that eye where it's like two fighters in the corner and I look at them like, you ready? They're like, yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Ready? And let's go. Okay. Then we do it and then we yeah. get back to our corners and be like, fuck, thank God that's over. Yes. <laughs> What, well, what kind of position, like, just give me an example of a position that you guys do. Pile driver. The the pile driver, that's the, uh, like, 69 standing up kind of thing? No, no. Pile driver is, God, it's the most heinous thing ever. So what you're going to do when you do pile driver, and you'll have seen it. Like, if I were to send you a photo, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that one. I've seen that in a point. Yeah, yeah. So imagine that you are putting a girl on her shoulders. You're flipping her legs over. Okay. So her legs are, so her knees are near her ears. Oh, I, I know her. I, I know exactly where you're going. You are going to point your dick, which naturally, if you're a normal guy, when it's hard, it's going to point up, but you are going to crush it downward in a way that's <laughs> so painful yeah. to try and then fuck this girl and then twist yourself sideways, probably, and put one leg up. It's just, it's I, ridiculous. I, I know exactly what and you're it, talking and about. It, and it hurts. Yeah. You know, if you're hard, it hurts a ton because your dick does not want to point down in that direction, like full stop. So either you deal with the pain or you kind of hope that it's painful enough that, you know, you lose 30% blood flow and then you're like 70% hard, then you can pull it off. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, nobody should be doing that at home. (laughs) And I know, I guarantee you, there are some people that see it and they're like, I want to try that. That looks hot. I'm going to do that. Misery. So I I think a lot of guys will like your section on backdoor action. Lots of guys want to do that with their women, but a lot of chicks don't like it. And besides telling guys uh, how they can get their women to do it, you talk about the prep work. And I put this out on social media and and tagged you in it. But you basically ruined porn for me, brother. (laughs) Because look here, Eric. Um, As far as I'm concerned, women don't poop. Everyone knows that. So (laughs) that's true. That's true. And that, you know, that's why, um, you know, I've I've written a lot of articles and stuff where I talk about it more from a mental standpoint. And the Mm -hmm. mental standpoint is, you know, how are you going to feel about it as a man? Because you, Mm -hmm. you know, some guys, they're not thinking about this. They just think, oh, my God ass the holy grail i mean dude i've fucked thousands of asses i mean it doesn't do anything for me based on the shape of my dick Mm -hmm. um but i can see where some guys like it and i can see there's different levels to it too because some of it is dominance some of it is power some of it is taboo some of it is feeling so you got to parse that out in your own mind and see okay well why is it that i want to do this first of all right yeah but then you have to really understand the downside to it and how are you going to react because how you react is going to matter so much more than you could ever imagine Mm -hmm. you know and i I talk about in the book like you it first of all it's like saying you know like people want to want to go surfing and they're like are there sharks well is the water salty (laughs) like you shouldn't have to ask right you're going in the ocean there's sharks in the ocean i mean you're gonna fuck a girl in the ass there will be shit in there if mm-hmm. you're doing it consistently at some point, you know, maybe next week, maybe next year, maybe next 10 years, like you'll get shit on. And that's mm-hmm. just how it is. So it's not, it's not a question of if, it's a question of when, and that's fine. It's then how are you going to handle it mentally and how are you going to deal with it? Because I can tell you how you should handle it and I can tell you what's going to ruin the relationship. Yeah. So... You know, the the first question you need to ask yourself is, okay, well, how much of a OCD sort of germaphobe are you? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I I tell my clients, I say, well, if if this is the kind of thing that is going to fuck with your heart on, don't do it. Mm -hmm. Don't do it. Because now you're going to set up a, a catastrophe because you get shit on, you lose your heart on, you blame her, you freak out. She's upset that you're woodless now. Why are you woodless? I mean, you can see the 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 snowball of negativity that we build up really quickly, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, if you don't have the ability to get your heart on back, well, now now you're creating another whole sort of 
you know, mental quagmire, so to speak, because, you know, the, the girl immediately is going to think it's something wrong with her. Right? Yeah. And, and so that becomes a whole issue. So, so the first thing is, okay, well, you know, are you going to be able to survive functionally and be able to stay hard if that happens? And then the second thing is, well, okay, if it does happen, you cannot react to it. Mm -hmm. Because if you give any of the, oh God, ew, ah, you run to the bathroom like battery acid is on you, she's never going to do it again. Mm -hmm. Full stop. I mean, because, you know, it's, it's the same thing because I had some girls that, you know, when, when a guy struggles to get an erection, you have some women that understand how to handle it and then others that handle it poorly. And the girls that handle it poorly make sure to point it out to you like, well, what's wrong? Is it wrong? Something wrong with me? Like, like they, it's like, look, you think I'm not hyper aware right now that my dick is not hard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like any guy that's ever struggled in the bedroom, like is a thousand percent aware that he has a problem. He doesn't need you to point it out. Yeah. And this becomes sort of the, the, the reverse of that in the fact that the girl is mortified that mm -hmm. she has now shit on you. Yeah. You don't need to point it out or make a big deal out of it. I mean, your best course of action is really to, to, it, it's gotta be no big deal. Yeah. You just got to be like, oh, yeah, like like it happens all the time. Because first of all, obviously, if that's your attitude, well, she's going to relax more because whatever energy you're giving off is what she's going to feel. Second, oh, he must fuck a lot of girls in the ass and he's got experience, you know, because this obviously doesn't freak him out. You know, then it's it goes into sort of the kink factor. Wow, okay, nothing phases this guy. Jesus, I could tell him anything, right? Mm -hmm. So you know, that's why I'll, I'll say sometimes like, you know, if you're going to be doing those things, you know, just, just prep your environment, you know, have some baby wipes on standby, have the right kind of lube on standby so that if something goes awry, you know, it's, it's literally like you're just executing quickly on it, right? It's like, okay, baby wipe, wipe, hey, let's keep moving because mm -hmm. you do not want her to have time to think because mm. she will be mortified. And the faster that you can calm that and calm those concerns and get right back into the action because you know as, as you know right females are so emotional but they're emotional like the wind and they can change fast mm -hmm. whereas you know us guys I, I find if we get an emotional hit of something we tend to stew in it a long time mm -hmm. she could be mortified for two minutes and you you know assage those concerns and then it's back to anal orgasms two minutes later so it's really how are you showing up in that moment with your leadership and making her understand that it's not a problem. Hey, mm -hmm. this happens. Cool. Like we're not even going to talk about it. Just wipe. Let's go. Yeah. When I when I was uh, listening to that section, uh, what popped into my head was uh, there's a big concept in the the manosphere, right? Of of shit tests, mm -hmm. right? Women test men, and the way you handle them really determines the outcome of everything, right? And like what I've learned is that there's really two ways to handle a shit test, which is act indifferent or to agree and amplify. And when you were talking about it, just act like it's eh, no big deal. I was like, dude, this is a literal shit test. <laughs> and yeah. the way to handle it is to act indifferent. Yeah, you have to, you have to, because if you don't, you know, it, it's going to spiral out of control and then she's never going to want to do it again. Because, you know, and she's going to bring it up, you know, like I've, I've said before, you know, because everybody's like, well, how do I get, you know, my girlfriend to do anal and girls don't like anal. I'm like, no, no, no. You'll have lots of girls that love anal. Okay. What mm -hmm. they don't like is the guy before you that did it badly. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right. And that's, that's where the girls get scared because it's always the same scenario. I've heard oh, so many stories, right? It's, it's, it's the same thing. It's like, oh, well, Okay. You know, I had to drink a bunch and then he just rammed it in and it hurt like hell. And that was it. I'm like, well, mm -hmm. you know, that's not how you go about it. So, you know, once you have, once you have a proper method, you know, methodology, right. Which I talk about in my book, the, the push pause methodology, man, it, it's, it's seamless and it's easy and the girls don't have any pain. And then every time, you know, and it's, and I'm not a small dude. So it's mm -hmm. like, okay, if I can get all the way in there within, you know, five minutes. I mean, probably the longest I ever took to get into a girl 
there was one girl and I remember it was like, I think it was like 20 minutes, but mm -hmm. it was just like doing the whole method. And by the end of it, balls deep in her ass, no pain, but it was 20 minutes. Yeah. Right? So you, you do have to understand with, with, with each girl, you know, you're feeling for, um, the zone of resistance. And then when you get to the zone of resistance, you need to wait. And then, you know, it's, it's a process, but in that process, if you do the process, right. then at the end of the day, now you're having crazy sex and you've got a woman that'll do it all the time because now she trusts you. She understands she can do it pain-free. And then a lot of them learn to love it. And they say, well, that was really fun. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. It, I, that, that section was really good. Uh, you know, besides some of the, st the stories, uh, the the behind the scenes stories uh, yeah. are a little a uh, little shocking, but it's funny. Um, you also have a section on how men can have threesomes, but you said for that to consistently happen, guys need something. What is that? Oh, they need a girl that likes girls. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I've I've created a lot of threesomes in my time, and you know, from what I've seen out there. If you, if you are somebody that says, hey, I want this on a regular basis and I want it consistently, then you have to have a girl who's on board. Like it just makes your life a thousand times easier. Um, you know, I've witnessed guys, you know, the, the, the PUA types in this where they're, they, they try to corrupt a woman into doing something that she really doesn't want to do. I've never seen that work out. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you could pull it off a couple times and then the girl resents you and then you know, later on she's going to key your car or whatever is going to happen, right? But uh, but if you get a girl that, you know, hey, like she genuinely likes girls, now you've got a win-win, right? And and then, you know, you just have to understand if, you, if you're starting with a girl that likes girls, then, you know, what I talk about, the, the rules really come into play because... Uh, I've, I've had some clients where, you know, they would talk about, they had this one threesome experience and then they would tell me how horrible it went. And I said, Oh, let me guess you did X, Y, Z. And they're like, how'd you know? I said, well, yeah, cause that's exactly what you shouldn't do if you want it to be good. Right. <laughs> cause, cause you, there will always be an unspoken hierarchy when a threesome happens. There always is. Nobody is equal. Mm -hmm. and, and so you have to be very cognizant and it goes against your very nature because, you know, you likely, you know, one of the girls you're dating or it's your, you know, girlfriend or whoever, right? And then you got the new girl and the new girl is exciting. You cannot spend a lot of time with the new girl, you know, um, yeah. at, you know, at best, it's probably a 60-40 split, mm -hmm. right? And you have to find a way to incorporate your woman into everything that you do and you need to do it to the other girl together. It almost has to be a, I mean, the best sort of analogy, it's like, it's like you and your girl against her. It's just, you're not against this other girl. Like, you, you know, she's part of the team, but it's mm -hmm. really like, it, it has to be like a, a, a two-on-one sort of dynamic in that it's the couple, you know, against the other person. Because if, if, if you spend too much time with, you know, this new woman and you neglect your other woman, oh man, it, it shit is going to hit the fan so fast and you're not even going to notice it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to be like, like in two seconds, you know, the, the girl storms out of the room and shit starts being thrown and you're like, what happened? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. You described it, ex uh, exactly how i imagine it you know like uh you start spending all the time with the one girl with the new girl you even finish with the new girl like your girl's going to be pissed about that because you're like that's she's like that's mine that's my that's my sperm right well the, the the funniest thing i ever and you know this is all from my real life experience like i i watched two girls literally almost have a fist fight in a threesome i was with with them that, yeah, I mean, literally, it was yeah. it was it was almost down to a fight as to who was getting the cum. They did that, not like each other, and it was just the fact that you know. But again, like you know, there there was the one who I'd been we were good friends, and I'd been sleeping with her for a long time, and then there was a new girl that I'd just been kind of you know dating on the side for a short while, and I invited them both out to a party, etc. And you know, like I said, that's where I learned like the the one that I'd known for a couple of years, even though we weren't boyfriend girlfriend there was hierarchy and she knew it 
and and I knew it. And like I said, the the, the two girls were there for me, but they fucking hated each other. Wow. And boy, when it came to the cum shot, I mean, it was a cat fight. That's you hilarious. Know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a good problem to have, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> well, but 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 these things can happen, and that's why I want guys to realize, right? Like, you know, the, with every great sexual experience there there's going to be a downside and you have to be aware like okay well what are the downsides of things that you may say that you want Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i believe it um i got one last question here and i think we'll wrap up because we're we're almost at an hour um you talk I, i feel like a big theme in the book is being present like in the moment and about how performance is largely mental, but, but the, the fact that you realize that, uh, the reason why you were so successful in your career is because you're always present in the moment. That's a, that's a big theme that men, I feel like, you know, struggle with being present in the moment, just, just outside of sex, but just being with their woman, women need a man that's present with them. And why do you think that is so important? Well, for number one, get you out of your head, right? Like I always say, like, you know, you need to be doing, not thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I probably reference the story in, um, in the book, but, uh, you know, Larry Sultan was on set. This was early in my career, super early. And, you know, he was a famous photographer and he was going around taking pictures for, a, for an art book that he came out with. It was called The Valley. And uh, so he came by the set that I was working and, you know, he watched me, you know, do my scene. He was like blown away because, you know, at that time it was the most athletic thing you'd ever seen, right? From the guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so I come out of the room, I'm covered in sweat and everything. And he's like, oh man, that was amazing. What were you thinking of in there? And I just remember looking at him, I was like, nothing. Mm-hmm. Like there's not like, you know, that's where I came up with the term white noise because that's always been how it was for me, right? Like I'd be focused on what I was doing and it was really analogous to, you know, my time when I was lifting weights because, you know, I'm sure some of your, your guy listeners can, can appreciate this. You know, you get two, three, 400 pounds on a squat bar or, you know, on a bench or whatever it is, right? Are you thinking about what's for dinner? Are you thinking about your girlfriend? Like, no, like, like the, the, the enormity of the situation that this weight could crush you dials in your focus to a level that you just, you can't even imagine because any, any like tiny bit fraction of your focus veers off in the wrong direction, you know, and you'll drop the weight on yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why, you know, guys all the time, like, you know, me, like all the guys I would lift with, nobody liked anybody that liked to crack jokes, like leave the joke somewhere else because you make somebody laugh they'll drop a weight on themselves like right now, you know, mm-hmm. you got to have that focus the whole time. So, you know, when you look at it sexually, it's the same thing. Like you, you should be doing, you know, sex is not a thinking act. It's a physical act. It's a doing act. It's a being act. Uh, it's a sensing act. But it's not a thinking act. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the only time that you should be thinking is, is if you're strategizing, you know, about your environment, if you're thinking about, you know, what things might improve your success, right? And you know, which I, I always talk about, like set your guys, set yourself up for success, right? Mm-hmm. In the way that you sleep, eat, diet, penis exercises, like all your practices to be ready for the big game. You know what yeah. I mean? Like Tom Brady's not sitting on the couch eating Cheetos and walking out on the Super Bowl and throwing, throwing touchdowns, right? He's got pregame. He's got practice. He's always practicing. It's like you, you because you, you can't, you can't deliver that elite quality sexual experience if you're not constantly keeping your body ready to do it. You know, it's like you, you'll, you'll have the guys, they get in some sort of marriage and they, you know, the wife, maybe she, you know, he's not really leading the interaction. So they're having sex once every couple months. And then, you know, so he's not having any sexual contact. And of course he sleeps with her. He lasts 20 seconds. It's like, well, you, you, none of this have you set yourself up to be successful. Right. Mm-hmm. In, in, in the fact of how you're leading it, in the fact of, of being clear on what you want and then in keeping your body in shape so that you're ready when the moment strikes. Yeah. So. Very, very well said. So, well, 
Guys, the book is Unleash Your Sexual Superpowers. It's awesome. I highly recommend it. Eric, where can people find you online? Yeah, well, they can find me at uh, www.ericeverhard.com. That's with a K. Or they can also go to www.crushingperformanceanxiety.com. Uh, that's my online course for men where uh, where I take them through all the steps that you know that I learned and that I came up with to overcome all sorts of anxiety in the moment to be able to get hard anywhere, anytime. So, and then obviously I'm on Instagram too at, uh, at Eric Everhard official. All right. Well, Eric, thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate it. No, you're welcome, man. It was awesome. Eric, great conversation with you today. I really appreciate it. Uh, I love your book, man. I, I went ahead and right before I recorded this, I, I left a five-star re- review on Amazon for it because it's a it's a fantastic book. I think a lot of guys will get a lot out of it, not just from you know a sexual perspective, but like a mental perspective. It the stuff that you talk about goes hand in hand with a lot of the stuff that I talk about a lot, right? About being present. Um, handling shit tests, being indifferent when stuff comes up, you know, like how do you handle certain situations? And you really break it down very well in the book from the context of in the bed being in the bedroom, but this stuff works outside of the bedroom too, for sure. So you're welcome back anytime. Uh, I really liked talking with you and sort of getting to know you uh, ahead of time and, and over social media. So keep in touch, brother, keep in touch. All right, guys, that's all I have this week. We'll see you next time. This has been the Come On Man podcast. New full episodes served hot every Monday morning on your favorite podcast platform of choice. So subscribe now. Follow Paul on social media. The links are in the description. Now, go out and get it.